0: What is up, y'all? It is your boys, John and Caleb, back with another episode of The Lois Ask. We are here with uh, a lot of great content for you guys today. Um, I would say a lot of great stuff in the Runtown, but also for the, the bigger chunks of our episode, we got um, a, a retrospective on a, on some, some takes we had at the beginning of the season. But before we get into that, as always, we gotta do a check-in with Caleb. How's Caleb doing today?
1: This is a flip, but I'm
0: doing the do today. <laughs> I'm doing the do. you doing the do? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, how has is, how is your uh, week been in terms of outside of NFT stuff and then inside of NFT stuff?
1: I mean, outside, has been pretty good. It's been pretty bad weather up here uh, in Toronto, but uh, I can't really complain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the springtime, it's getting warm, but it is getting a little mucky out. Um, NFT wise though, like there's been so much going on. We say this literally every week. There's <laughs> yeah. tons of, there's tons of stuff going on, but there genuinely was a lot going on this week. Um I minted an alien dougal. We'll see how that turns out. Nice. Our uh, our gutter juices, the gutter gang still Doing holding well. true, yeah. tried and true, well over point four for the for the pups.
0: For the, dogs. the pups but the, the dogs. road dogs oh yeah, is that what we are the road dogs? <laughs> I have no idea but um and also the, the cat's doing very well too, but uh
1: the the cat is doing really well, yeah, and then I guess my last point would be like, is NBA top shot back? It kind of feels like it, like that roadmap or whatever you want to call it, basically from Broholm last week in the uh community chat or whatever he mm-hmm. calls it these days that like that blew it up lit I think, a fire like, I went up eighteen mm-hmm. percent day over day, like. Um, if you want to get Top Shot fans going, bring back the original packs, which they did. Yep. I think we are filming this on a Thursday, mm-hmm. the Thursday where they dropped throwdowns. Um, so everybody knows that by now that they did the guaranteed drop, and we'll see how it turns out a couple days from now. But
0: how about you? For sure. I'm doing, I'm doing great, man. Uh, there has been a lot going on. Uh, obviously in the NFT space. Um, we got. I'm actually handling the rundown today. That's why. That's why I started this episode. <laughs> um, but uh, here I'll start here. Um, so you mentioned the Throwdowns pack, but not only have we had Throwdowns pack, we also had a UFC Strike Series One mm-hmm. pack. Not only today this today on Thursday, but a couple days ago on Tuesday as well. They had two different drops, each where you had a one one premium pack. Q, and then you had one standard pack Q, um, and uh, I think we we've, we might have talked about this, but uh, Caleb, you didn't get on on the the series one drops, right? Mm-mm,
1: no, just series zero. Uh,
0: what did you uh, did you happen to like catch any of the uh, the reactions from folks though, like how people considered it and uh, what went on there?
1: It seems mostly positive. I haven't really like had my my ear to the ground this week for mm-hmm. USC as much, just with so many so much NFL news going on like all day has kind of been a little more of my priority that and NFL obviously. But as far as I know, like everything's been pretty positive. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. You know, we actually, I wrote a, a, a little project description a while back on the website. And so there's been a lot of people flocking over there. We got to make sure and update that now. Yeah, for there's sure. So much new content since then. But uh, yeah, generally positive, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think that um, there's, there are a lot of people who, I think there. I think there's two sect. Of, two sects of people who are like who are going to UFC Strike right now, and and half of them I feel like are just people who are in All Day and Top Shot, and who are like, you know, assuming that this is going to be the exact same experience, and it's not mm-hmm. so far because it's so new. Like I feel like the quality mm-hmm. of life on here is very different from All Day, and All Day is very different from Top Shot, and you know we we kind of get you kind of see the the tier of that so far just based on the uh, the amount of time like these projects have been live basically. And so there, there is a little bit of a conversation there about, you know, what the trend is there, how it's going to move from its position right now. Because I, I will say for myself, I have, uh, <laughs> I, I max packed the, the first drop. I had five packs and then today I had two more. So seven packs total, I, I, I snagged. And I think that was just an overcorrection of me not getting in on the series zero packs um, that you had been a part of. So um, I did get, I honestly, like, I don't, watch UFC really at all. I The only thing I really consume regarding it is like whenever it's on SportsCenter or anything like that or whenever I see it on Instagram. I will say uh, I did uh, snag three Khabib moments, so I was very excited about that. Um, I'm more familiar with this son who like Instagram loves, Hezbollah. I know him. I know that kid. Yeah, yeah. I know him more than anything. Um, and then I got three rare moments, which are also known as challenger moments in UFC strike. Um... Yeah, so I'm 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 excited to see where it goes. I have twenty four total moments now. I have not been able to sell any of them, so we're gonna see where that goes. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see the marketplace open and see the the movement there as well. Um, and I think, uh, and we kind of talked about this off off mic about how while there are they have shorter careers, they might have more memorable moments. I guess you could say, or like more like moments that define their careers, I guess, in UFC mm-hmm. strike. Like, knockouts are always going to be really fun and, like, really watchable. And um, if you have an entire sort of collection of those kind of things, like, that's going to appeal to a crowd of people no matter what. Um, so that's what I have to say on that. Uh, otherwise, yeah. though, uh, my one of the horses that I have backed from the very beginning, the Cyber Turtles... Um, this may be the first you're hearing about this, Kayla, because this was just announced today that they have partnered with the Llamaverse. Um, so if you've heard about the Verse, you know that they are building some amazing stuff. They have their own, uh, uh, metaverse type, uh, land that they are creating. Um, and so they just announced what the benefits are going to be for this, uh, partnership for the llamas. It's going to be 45 permanent spots in their discord as a role to grant, uh, So 40 of those spots are going to be whitelist raffle opportunities, alpha and much more. Then you have five premium spot access uh, spots, which will give you whitelist spots for anything that they have uh, above, sorry, uh, five spots that will give access to all whitelist spots above 70 plus that they get. And then you'll also be able to participate in their discord alpha channels and enter opportunities. And then, for the Cyber Turtles holders, uh, we get the access to the Llamaverse calls um, and then uh, a full integration into the uh, Llamascape eco- ecosystem. Um, so that means that our project will get a uh, integrated plot in one of their cities, um, and then we can also hire one of their uh, certified builders to build there. Um, and then we also get, uh, llama gold from the marketplace fees that we can spend, uh, in partner only marketplaces, um, to benefit their users. So a lot of really cool stuff that they're building there, uh, in the Llamaverse. Um, it's a, uh, they, they have been around for a, a long time now. Um, and, uh, it's really exciting to see the cyber turtles continue to keep building. Um, it's almost you're, uh, like, I'm almost losing count of like the things that they've, they've done to this point now, um. I mean they, they got the NFT world's integration. They got this LlamaVerse uh, integration. Now they also have their whitelist marketplace, and they also are testing out um their Dutch auction um like mechanic in their uh whitelist marketplace as well, which is very exciting, um very cool things happening over there, um, yeah uh any thoughts on that, Caleb? Um yeah,
1: I mean like we've talked about the Cyber Turtles a handful of times now, and. <laughs> I think those integrations and all the aspects that the Llamaverse has provided basically up to this point are like really, really impactful and positive things. And so to be able to just like lump the cyber turtles in with some of that sort of stuff basically has got to be, I mean, as a holder, you've got to be pretty happy with that. right?
0: Oh yeah, of course. Um, and of course that those announcements kind of come with a, a pump in their floor and stuff like that as mm-hmm. well, which is always great. Um, but when things of, like that are being built you, tend to not even want to think about the money you know like you just want to Mm -hmm. be part of the experience um we're gonna end here with something that's maybe not as fun i guess um and uh we kind of talked about this a little bit off the uh the the mic here but um a big uh i would say case for the department of justice specifically the southern district of new york released a press release today to be uh, set for immediate release, that found two defenders charged in a non-fungible fraud and monor- money laundering scheme. So uh, the subtext here is defendants were executed a w- uh, the defendants executed a one million dollar NFT scheme in January of this year and were preparing to execute a second prior to their arrests. So they were they were mm-hmm. ready to do another one. Um, so the first project that they did was uh, a project called uh, the Frosties, I believe. Um and uh I don't know if you heard about them but you might have heard about the second project that was about to be launched called the Embers. Um mm-hmm. and so these were both projects that were started by um uh Ethan uh Vin Wen uh who's only 20 years old and then Andre Marcus uh Quidoin Yacuna. Yakuna. Um and they were each charged with one count of uh, wire fraud uh and then one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. So This, I think, is a very, uh, I would say, monumental movement uh, for justice, I guess, and accountability uh, in the Mm -hmm. NFT space. I think all of us who are part of the NFT space have at least heard of these these rug pulls and stuff like that. And this is exactly what they're being um, held accountable for. Um, They, I mean, basically, like, like semantics aside, like basically stole a million dollars from people. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we love to talk about, um, this, this idea of, uh, like, uh, was it, um, not decentralization and, uh, you know, like anonymity in this space and how beneficial that can be. Um, but that also comes with some very, very scary, uh, consequences as well. Like, you know, not being held accountable for, people stealing money for you from you and uh, how that can um, have ramifications for for people who felt that they were scammed and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're I mean, I'm assuming like this is just going to be the first of many. Um, so people who have done this before maybe are a lot more worried about it now than they would have been. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, Caleb, any thoughts on this?
1: I have a lot of thoughts on this. First <laughs> yeah, give me with them. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know that it'll all fit in the rundown of the podcast, but there's a couple of notes that I was writing down as you were talking. Mm-hmm. And it was basically because I had all these thoughts that I had thought about before and just simply didn't write down because I just forgot to. Um, first off, $1 million. I need to know what the mid price is <laughs> and what, what the mid count was yeah. of these projects just to make sure the total is correct. Yeah. The second point that I wanted to talk about is. Um, that all these projects, and we know there's a lot of big influencers that create product projects and stuff that have been since doxed, for example, and people don't seem to like. I'm not naming any particular names or anything, <laughs> but like, if you know who I'm talking if you about, know, you know, you know, I'm talking about, and there's plenty of people like that yeah. that have gotten away with these rug pulls, and I wonder if this does make the space a little more accountable. Or does it make it make the space more secretive and less likely to dox themselves? Because mm-hmm. I weirdly lean the form or the latter. Sorry. Um, because I, I think that the way that it has all been set up in the NFT marketplaces is that it's very difficult or very easy to hide your presence mm-hmm. and to hide the true nature of your project or of your posting, or whatever, basically. And that leads to a way deeper topic, more philosophical topic. Sure,
0: yeah.
1: And that topic also leads into decentralization and the double-edged sword that is decentralization, Mm -hmm. because in a way, it, it breeds all this innovation and all this cultural mesh, basically, and the ability to globalize something that simply is impossible to globalize outside of like transferring between markets and things like that. And there's a billion benefits to decentralization, but that also means that there's a handful minimum of cons that come with it. And that includes these things like accountability, because yes, the district attorney for the state of New York has charged these two individuals with it, but this will be a landmark case for the United States, whether they're actually indicted and sentenced for it Mm -hmm. because you can charge somebody but they can still get off with it and if that is the case then that is the precedent that is set Mm -hmm. because law is based on the first few times that this has been charged for and so this will be a defining point for crypto and for nfts and trading and marketplaces in web3 basically because this is the one that will everybody will loop back to when they're like oh well we want to Uh, we want to um, indict this person Mm -hmm. for this rug pull Mm -hmm. of this project, basically. And they'll say, well, you're not going to win the case because look at this guy six years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These two 20-year-olds got off with it, basically. Or Or, on the other hand, they're going to say, they got charged for it, we definitely have a case. And in that case, if you're the guy that, or you're the person, sorry, that went and rug pulled 8,000 people last week, you have to be concerned. Yeah, 100%. Because... Because two weeks ago you weren't worried about anything, and then now you're immediately worried that your 20, your twenty k project at point zero two five or whatever that yeah. made you and your best buds three million bucks, yeah. you're gonna end up in prison.
0: Yeah, and I think I for, for that yeah like a hundred percent I totally agree <laughs> with that. And so two things on that because I, mm-hmm. like this is such an interesting. Piece of like the history of NFTs, like that is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Two things. One, I want you to listen to this one quote by uh, IR- IRS CI special agent in charge, Thomas Faderuso. Okay. NFTs represent a new era for financial investments, but the same rules apply to investment in an NFT or a real estate development. Now we're defining it. In congruence with a real estate development. Are you kidding me? Like, that is, like, I feel like a huge step towards it, like, being a... Um,
1: Ultra-centralization.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I, yeah. and
1: So that actually comes to the next point that I was going to go for. Like, just because, again, like, this is something, as somebody who's very interested in that side of the world, like, this is something I could probably talk about all day. Mm-hmm. But it also brings up the question of what are nfts as assets to the individual Mm -hmm. and what the general public believes in nfts because if you're the guy that's going and shitting on hype hype beast on instagram Mm -hmm. because they keep posting about nfts and you're just shit posting saying like nobody cares about nfts they're all money laundering this is a win for that guy Mm -hmm. yeah because now there's a legitimate case out there for money laundering and he can say well it's all money laundering because this is the case and so this isn't just an issue of like this one project or these two guys or even NFTs as a whole as far as like whether you can rug pull people or not. Like it's it's bigger than that. It's to the point now with how this will end up turning out. This is going to be a general consensus of personal opinion yeah. at this point because the average person could see this in the New York Post or the New York Times or whatever whatever paper you have and they would say – well, I just saw this guy get indicted for money laundering. So you definitely could too if you were into NFTs, mm-hmm. and that's regardless of whether you're the creator or whether you're the collector or whether you're even just a passerby that just likes NFTs. Yeah. So I think this is one that I'm like genuinely going to keep my left eye on
0: while <laughs> I continue working on NFTs on the right. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. Super interesting. Exactly. I mean, like, I feel like this is a this is a moment where we need to be we, we need to be very aware of the legality Mm -hmm. of things um of course like we're not we're not creators ourselves but we are collectors and so i mean i don't know necessarily like what our association could be to bad projects and stuff like that but like as collectors we are basically enabling behavior like that and and like whether or not like we can be used as accessories like that's not just like a good position to be in like you don't want to be part of a project that is like this like you know fringing on you know money laundering and 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 all this kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. you want to be part of the good parts of of the nft history not the bad parts right so exactly it's very good to be aware of stuff like that that's why we wanted to bring this to to you guys today because you know we love to we love to you know talk about all the great innovation that's happening with nfts and stuff like that but it's also important to know like to be informed like it like whether or not you like NFTs or not, or whether or not you are a collector or creator, it's important to know where everybody else is that you're rubbing shoulders with because mm-hmm. you know, it could be very, very scary to be in this entire sea of anonymity because, you know, you don't know who you don't know who you're dealing with really, sometimes, at least.
1: Weird weird question. Yeah. This one's off the cup. We didn't talk about this before. Mm-hmm. But I- what is like the weirdest, like kind of sketchiest thing that you did that turned out okay in NFTs, where you're like, I really shouldn't trust this person, but I do, and then you actually went through with it? Does does one come up?
0: That's a great question. Um, hmm. Let me look. Let me let me just look at like my collection. Let's see if there's anything that I just like think of. Because I've multiple times yeah. traded off
1: off-site on a dapper labs project not to be d- displayed to not break rules yeah but like i've multiple times sent like decent sums of money via metamask <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just hope that they would actually send something back mm-hmm. i did that today <laughs> like like, you just kind of hope that that person is trustworthy. And, I mean, like, most of the time it's people I know yeah. fairly frequently or that have doxed themselves. Okay. But, like, that is true. Yeah. It is, like, something weird to think about.
0: It's, okay, yeah. No, I, I think I think that kind of sparked, like, what I what I would answer. And it was just to say, mm-hmm. like, for me, like, I trade, like, more than 10 times a day probably. I'm like, I'm probably, like, using my metamath more more than – they're making more than 10 trades a day probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – I the I think what's so hard for me to answer about this question is that's probably a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but like not in like a you know like I'm I'm doing anything illegal but just like the mm-hmm. websites that like I see some people use as like their minting sites look so sketchy dude like mm-hmm. so bare bones like it looks like I'm like going on a website that was built today and I'm like connecting my MetaMask wallet to it which can lead to it being drained or honey potted or whatever you want to call it. Like you can be scammed through it. And so mm-hmm. I think if any of you are concerned about that, definitely go to revoke dot dot. Um, I forget what the website is, but like, like this is something you should do periodically with your metamask is just like mm-hmm. revoke um, like access to all of the websites that you've used to mint just because like, you know, projects can be good and they can be, they can be solid, but, like, their webs- their websites can be hacked and stuff like that. Or their discords can be hacked. And and so you just want to be mm-hmm. safe about that. So just thinking about that, just be... I am I feel more concerned about the websites that I probably am connecting my wallet to than anything else. Like, the projects, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I have a hidden folder of almost 300 items now. And so those probably aren't going to be anything. But I think it's the safety of, like, my-, my ETH and stuff like that. I'm more worried about than anything else. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, that was a that was a good uh that was a good little uh sidetrack into the uh the more uh, like not jokey parts of NFTs. Like <laughs> like
1: No, the the much darker side. Yeah. The much yeah. darker side of NFTs. Now what I will say though yeah. is if you want to get onto the lighter side, we can get into the bright lights of NBA basketball though. <laughs>
0: What a transition! What can I say? Thank oh you. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Top ten transitions
1: good, yeah. of all time. Working on the segue, Yeah. So do you, do you want to break down what we're going to talk to today? Of course. Talk
0: about today. So we kind of teased it a little bit in the beginning of this episode, but we mm-hmm. uh, at the very beginning of this podcast, even we made some predictions about the award races for the NBA this year. Um, yep, so folks, the rest of this episode gonna be all NBA. So uh, mm-hmm. we are going to be looking at what we actually said in that um pr- uh, pr- like early season predictions um and we are going to kind of f- like sow the fruits of that in sort of a uh, a retrospective and then we're probably gonna pick some mm. new picks because uh, yes. no spoilers here but a lot of them not not gonna happen
1: <laughs> yeah we there was definitely some lackluster
0: choices we made yeah. um i must say um but yeah here I'll, I'll i'll start us off first here caleb go for it we started with the the biggest award of the year the one that everyone mm-hmm. talks about and it was the mvp so uh just as a reminder i had kevin durant winning the mvp this year and caleb who did you mm-hmm. have i had Luka Doncic.
1: I had Luka Doncic which I mean in in hindsight I still like I don't regret it. Luka mm-hmm. looked really good. Mm-hmm. Guys that are in the third season usually really take a jump. Like I I really thought like this was going to be the year for him. Mm-hmm. Uh he showed up really out of shape though. And I mean he was on the old man in the three podcast with JJ Reddick last week or two weeks ago and he was talking about that the only activity he did between the Olympics and coming back to the NBA was play basketball he didn't do any work in it or anything like that mm-hmm. and he even admitted that was a mistake so
0: yeah I mean I, what are you gonna do I I see my pick sort of in a similar vein of like like on paper like Kevin Durant like when healthy and when you know when he's playing he is you know, one of the best players in the NBA and can lead a team to a championship. And we know that Mm -hmm. to be true. So I sort of considered that. And also that the, the build around him was going to be decent enough that his MVP case was a, a good bet. Um, what I didn't predict is that Kyrie Irving would not be be able to play half of the games this year. And also that James Harden would be leaving and also that Kevin Durant would be hurt. (laughs) So, um, all of those things, very unpredictable, but, uh, as it stands now. I mean, he's playing great now. So, you know, with like 10 yeah. games left in the season. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But, uh, who would you, uh, if you were going to go back in time and, and whisper into past Caleb's ear, what, what your pick should be, what would it be now?
1: We talked a couple of weeks ago about who the MVP should be voted for. Yep. And we, we came to a consensus and I don't know if you're going to stick with it today or not. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely sticking with my pick though. Yep. It's a uh, Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. He is dragging a G League roster into like the fifth spot maybe. The like he I cannot believe how far the Nuggets have gone with that bare bones roster basically. Um and just Jokic just carrying the team. Like, he actually – it's funny because he has better stats this year in terms of PER, in terms of general efficiencies. And he's way improved on defense even as well because he has to. Like, he's just being asked to do absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that just, like, has no interest in leaving Denver. He's not, like, a party guy really. Like, this is a guy that is just a gamer and he just goes in and just trains and works out. Yeah. And then I, I remember talking and there was a beat writer for the Nuggets, basically, who had talked – and he was talking with, I think it was another Nets beat reporter, and they were talking about how Jokic is probably one of the 10 best athletes in the NBA right now. Because if you think about how big and how heavy that guy is, and he plays 40 minutes a night, and he doesn't even look gassed half the time. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like a guy that's just, like, out there just having fun, yeah, he's basically. He's He's having a historically great offensive season. Um, and that's no shade to a lot of the other dudes. Like, this is one of the best seasons mm-hmm. For the top guys, like there's like ten top guys that are awesome. Oh yeah, 100. percent You can't say that every year, but for me, it's Jokic all day. How about
0: you? Yeah, no, I, um, I we did talk about this a couple weeks ago, and my my answer has also not changed. So we'll keep we'll keep my uh, answer short for this. But I, I, I totally agree that um they actually talked about this in the No Dunks podcast that like there is at least five eight guys who you could give an mvp vote to and it's totally justified. So like mm-hmm. and like there's that's no knock to them. It's just that like Jokic is not only outplaying all of them but also outplaying his previous mvp season by a margin. Um mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I mean, you you just get to watch this guy. And I think like a lot like thinking about that, I think a lot of that um athleticism is just like he kind of cuts out extraneous movement i think you know like (laughs) he's just like really good at like playing at his own pace kind of the same with luca like he just is really good at like only moving as fast as he wants to move and like that just allows him to just see the floor it's such a different way than like a lot of big men and and also just a lot of passers and and you know scorers do like he just is such a unique player um that his his year is unique to almost you know any other player that has ever won mvp probably so um i think it's i think it is like it was very unclear at the very beginning of the season because of the uncertainty um with no jamal murray and uh what we found out to be later no uh michael porter jr for a lot of it too so uh, for him to be like you said for them to be able to do what they're doing is uh, is very like incredibly impressive <laughs> Would you agree that
1: his undoing for an MVP case would be if he slips into the play in it's going to be tough to vote for him because I think genuinely if they slip into a play in spot mm-hmm. I think he might lose it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I be, mainly because like it like if you if you take away the record maybe it's a little bit like blurrier for narrative type voters you know 100% i'm saying
1: agree.
0: 100% um, so we'll just have to see i hope it doesn't happen though i'm really i, I and that says someone who like it, like the warriors would see them in the first round like i don't i don't want to see him in the first round um and it's yeah it's it's kind of scary but uh i, I definitely don't want to see them fall to the to the plan either they're just too good of a team and he's too good of a player
1: 100 percent agree um i am going to pivot us to one that we both botched pretty badly <laughs> uh which was rookie of the year oh
0: yeah um, do you want to kind of briefly talk about that? Well, uh, we said Jalen Green, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's we I think all Jaylen we really Green. need to say about that. We said Jalen Green because he looked great. He looked, he looked so re- NBA ready. Yeah, um, like for rookies over the last like month, he's like leading them in points. So yeah, and and also like we talked about this, like hit like he would never have, he would never have to limit his amount of playing, he would always have the green light. He was this kid who was on a team that had no expectations. He could do whatever he wanted. It's just that he needed time to uh, you know, become that player for that team. Um granted mm-hmm. it hasn't really helped their record at all, now that he's gotten a lot better. But at least we got to see him play at a sort of like, you know, early Devin Booker on the uh on the Suns sort of type game. You know? He's just good on a bad mm-hmm. team now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I I picked agree too because like he was like a certified bucket and like there's no there's no world in which he's not averaging like 15 to 20 points a game just because he is just so athletically gifted and he has such a nice jumper as it is right now basically and he can get to the rim whenever he wants and again like he said he has the green light on a crap team like he could 100 percent go and fill it up if he wants to and that's what he's doing now i mean his net rating is terrible but like we knew that was going to be the case and that was never his case for mvp uh, or sorry for rookie of the year, it was always about him getting big stats and big dunks on guys. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the lo- the highlight of his season was the dunk contest, and it was a big low light. So uh, that kind of sucked for him. But that is just it's just the way the cookie crumbles, or
0: whatever you want to say.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Who would you have now?
0: Um, I feel like I'm really torn between Mobley and Scotty. Like. Mm-hmm. You could you could convince me either way, but I feel like it's. I, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like it's kind of similar to when we saw um, Luka and Trey Young sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. a, like, I feel like Mobley has just been a very consistently good player throughout the entire like season basically, um, and like like there's never really been a dip other than like the the team not doing great, um, like in the last month or so. But I feel like Scotty has, like, been, like... I, I don't know for you, because you are a Raptors fan, so you probably, like, have more exposure to him. But, like, for me, it was, like, he was doing just fine and, like, hanging in, like, the top five. And then, like, in the last two months and, like, since the All-Star break, he's been, like, a, like completely different, uh, more efficient and, like, you know, sees the game a lot better than mm-hmm. what it seemed like he was doing in the first half of the season. So... You can convince me either way, but I, I I would just be safe and I would say Evan Mobley just just for the sake of um, him having just never been dull in his, his year, really, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, I think. Um, like, the homer in me basically wants to pick Barnes, obviously, yeah. but I think that the Mobley case is probably a little more solid with the caveat that the Cavaliers drop down below the Raptors basically somehow like if the Raptors ended up pulling it out where they ended up tying the Cavs or were Mm -hmm. very similar I think there's a genuine case for Barnes because efficiency wise like he's really really upgraded like you said defensively he's taking on when with OGN and out, he was taking on the biggest defensive assignment and there Mm -hmm. were nights like the Raptors obviously there's five guys I think they said they have seven guys who scored 35 points in a game this year or sorry, 28 points in the game this year, which is, they're the only team in the league that has uh, six guys that have scored 28 points in a single game, Um, which is like a weird, crazy hand-picked stat, basically. But it's also, like, shows the depth, and that (laughs) brings me to the point that they've had all these guys that can score points, so there are given nights when Barnes is scoring, and he's the primary option over Fred VanVleet or over Pascal Siakam or Precious Chua or whoever, basically. So... I think that he has a case, but I think it is Mobley. Um, pretty much all year, he's been really, really good. He's given them really great defense. He's a good shot blocker and rim protector, and he's really good in space, too, defensively. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start getting the, the player comparisons to Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan and stuff midseason, mm-hmm. I think you've already maybe locked it into the media <laughs> yeah. members' minds at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, if you listen to or, or watch ESPN or Fox or any of the sports channels, like, there are people starting to lean towards Barnes, but I think the overwhelming majority is Mobley, and I'm gonna also follow suit on that, and I'm gonna say Evan Mobley probably wins it. Nice. Yeah.
0: We are. Um, it hasn't been like a an argument so far, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's because these two races are probably the most thought out, maybe or like like most maybe. definite. I don't know. Um. All right, but uh, but let's move on to uh. I would say probably the one I feel like we might disagree on. Um we uh let's talk about defensive player of the year.
1: Mm.
0: Who do you have for defensive player of the year? And who sorry, who did you have at the very beginning of the season? So at the beginning of the season I had Rudy
1: Gobert. Mm-hmm. Which and I, I had think Giannis. You had Giannis. So mm-hmm. I think I'm looking pretty okay here. Mm-hmm. Again, like we talked off-screen about this. I think people are really, really sleeping on Jaron Jackson Jr. here. He's the league leader in blocks. He's the league leader in blocks per game. He leads a top-six defense, I think it is, basically, as opposed to Rudy Gobert's like top-15 defense. Mm -hmm. I know the rest of the guys on that team all suck at defense, so everything goes to Gobert. But Jaron Jackson Jr. has come back from his injury 110% healthy. He's looking like one of the best defenders in the game. He's going to be an all-defensive team, 100%. Um, he should be on the first team, in my opinion. And I think that if hit between him and Gobert, I think Gobert gets it because of the name recognition and because that's all he does is play defense. And I think when you're a defensive specialist, when you're Tony Allen, you're going to get a defensive player of the year because that's all you do. Mm-hmm. Like, that is your thing. Rudy Gobert doesn't do anything else. Like, he's a very big negative on the offensive side. And everybody knows that that's a glaring weakness, obviously outside of rim running. You can't really do much. Mm -hmm. So I get why I just think Jaron Jackson Jr. deserves a little look here, but I am going to still vote Rudy Gobert.
0: How about you? Um, I, the way that I see some of these is like, I feel like the narrative is usually like, if, if, like, you're not going to win this award, then we're going to give you this award. Because, you know, like, like if, if like, and this is kind of a bit of a spoiler, but, like, if, if John Morant was, you know, the only person who was playing at this level this year, then you'd be winning MVP, right? Like, that, like I feel like yeah. that would be not considerable, but, like, because all these players are playing that well, we're going to give them MIP. Like, because... That's that's like what we can give him and not give him the the award that he wants and maybe he would deserve in a different year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long way of me saying like I feel like they might just give it to Giannis this year because he would he would be at he's playing at an MVP level but not at the MVP level that Jokic and arguably Embiid is also playing this year. So I I think maybe depending on like how it shakes out. Giannis just like has all like every season year after year builds a good defensive resume. Um, and so this is just another opportunity for him to like just add another trophy to that case for for DPO if He's not going to be winning MVP. Um, with that being said, uh, if Draymond doesn't get hurt for these last two months, I think that he is going to run away with it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Yeah. but a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, that is a
1: bit of a bummer because he definitely had it too. Um, but what are you gonna do? That's yeah. that's how it goes. Um, which moves us on to sixth man of the year. And again, like these ones here, we're probably gonna come to a consensus on. I think. Yes. Based <laughs> on how we've gone, I think this one's a no-brainer too. Yeah. Like it's very clearly Tyler Hero.
0: Yes, hundred um, percent.
1: We don't even need to keep talking about that. It's Tyler Hero. Yeah, it's a Tyler Hero. If you don't, he's, if you don't agree, go away. <laughs> he's really good at basketball, and he's like an elite <laughs> scorer. What a shock that he gets yeah. uh, like. He's he's a he's a microwave player mm-hmm, off the mm-hmm. bench and he's a guard. That's who wins six man of the year.
0: And he's still really young. Like he could even be even even better like six man next year. He could he can go back to back for this. I think one hundred percent.
1: I think there's a scenario in which he's starting. You think so next year? Yeah, I could see it. I think it opens up for him, especially with Kyle getting older and with Jimmy Butler like refusing to take jump shots. I think that there's this significant chance that he ends up in there because they need scoring
0: punch i just like, think that yeah, sorry go ahead Continue. i was to just speak. gonna say
1: like kyle like lowry hero robinson um butler atabaya like that's super switchable and you could always if you need defense instead you could take robinson out put pj tucker in mm-hmm. and now you have this super switchable defense
0: but you still I have thi- scoring punch i i definitely i can definitely see that being like a I mean that's a monstrous starting five <laughs> right like absolutely terrifying um i like i just i I worry that like they don't wanna you know they don't wanna switch anything because of how good they've been with this this lineup and stuff like that um but either way, I think they're money as long as they keep that yeah. team, you know what I'm saying, like they're gonna be money regardless. <laughs>
1: Contrary to my pick today, I did bet real-life money on the Heat to win the championship a few weeks ago. But (laughs) moving on, (laughs) um, this is, like, one that we had a lot of fun with at the beginning of the year. And I'm Mm -hmm. still really happy with who we picked, kind of, uh, was most improved player of the year. And this is, like, super fun because this year, even more than normal years, basically, huge, huge, huge year. Mm Mm-hmm. For guys improving, like there was so many, so many players. Oh
0: yeah, so that improved
1: many. a lot, and so we both again are going to come to the consensus of who do you think?
0: Um, sorry, for most improved. For most improved, yeah. Oh yeah, jo- uh, John Morant. Sorry, it's John Morant, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So the problem though is that I guess it's not a problem because John Morant is going to win it, and like he deserves to win it, one hundred percent. Um. But there are so many guys who deserve to be on Most Improved. And even mm-hmm. Ja right now, if you read his Twitter timeline, he's not actually pulling for himself to win it. He's pulling for Desmond Bain to win it. Because Desmond mm-hmm. Bain does deserve votes for this. Um, I actually said kelvin Johnson at the beginning of the year. But I only talked about kelvin Johnson for about 30 seconds. And then I talked about 10 minutes for Darius Garland <laughs> as, my, uh, as my honorable mention. And Darius Garland also deserves uh, some praise here. You said Jordan Poole? i
0: think i said jordan pool and if i didn't i meant to (laughs) well i have jordan pool written down for you here okay good well i'm happy about that um (laughs) yeah no i mean like i'm looking at the odds right now obviously john moran's the favorite Mm -hmm. and then but right behind him is darius garland so uh and then we got miles bridges dejounte DeJounte murray uh, Murray, and uh fernie simons so all deserving all deserving. I mean, like even like Anthony Simons, like he has been playing so well. Like you could see how much of a mentoring that that Damian Lillard had had on that guy. I mean, like he is playing at a level that I was certainly very happy to see him play at because I I like I've always been pretty high on the guy. I I really like how he plays, um, and I mean I'm always gonna throw in Jordan Fool. I think that I think that he's. And especially, like, as a are recording this, the last 10 games that he's played, last 11 now, I mean, he's been on fire. Yeah. Over 50% from the field, over 50% from three, uh, 87% from the line, averaging over 25 points a game in the last 11 games. Like, mm-hmm. he, he plays that way the entire year. I mean, I think that's a, a much closer race for him.
1: 100% agree. I think so, too. Um,. But we both had Morant, I guess. So yeah. moving on to the team ones. Now this might be where we actually differ a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Eastern Conference Final. Who did you have in the Eastern Conference Final playing?
0: So I had, the- I had the Nets and I had the the Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. And who did you have? I had the Bucks and the Heat. Okay. So. Um. I was obviously yeah. I, I was I was choosing from a standpoint of the team that I saw at the beginning of the year which if it <laughs> stayed like that, yes, I, I a hundred percent agree with it still. Um, but I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's the, uh, the nets anymore in the conference finals. I, I, I mean, now that Kyrie can play all the games, I'm kind of less, it's less of a hot take. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I still think it's just so inconsistent of a team like mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, but i will i think the bucks are still going to make it to the conference finals it's just about what team is going to be there up against them i can definitely see the he- heat being there um i could definitely see maybe the sixers maybe i don't know um okay. yeah i don't really like that that spot is probably just up for grabs honestly i don't have a pick on it but okay. uh, what about you
1: i actually i have a little bit of a hot take, and I'm not actually going to vote for them, but I'm just going to say the Celtics have a really, really, really good shot of getting there to play the Bucks or the Heat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they're, like, by far the most on-fire team in the whole NBA yeah. right now. They're the killing hottest. literally everybody. They yeah. won by, like, 30 last night. They beat the Heat, like, a week ago. Like, this is a team that is unstoppable, and that defense is ridiculous. Yeah. They they look like the Hawks did last year, on, but, like, flipped offense to defense Mm -hmm. because they were so bad to begin the year they probably led the league in players only meetings (laughs) um (laughs) so far this year because they just kept having to have them because Marcus Smart kept saying that Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum couldn't pass the ball and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown kept not passing the ball and nobody wanted to play defense and then uh Ime Udoka literally just decided one day that he's just going to take Robert Williams off the ball and yeah. just play from the corner spot so he can help defend and all of a sudden that's just changed the entire trajectory for the team they become this insanely good defense I think they have a shot but I actually still have Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. I think they're just too good like those two teams like I know the Bucks aren't like the most amazing team right now but I just mm. they have they can turn it on, I think. Oh, 100 percent. They have the so. they
0: have the acumen to do it. Like, oh yeah, 100%. like with yeah with their playoff runs since even like even before that they won the championship they had playoff experience like they're they're ready to to go the distance.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. So who did you have again? Just so I can write it down for the next time we talk about this. You had um,
0: <laughs> um uh, give me give me the Heat. The Heat over the yeah, Bucks. Give me the heat. Oh, sorry. Oh, who wins? Yeah, but like you, who goes to the finals? In, in your Eastern Conference Final, yeah. I'll, I'll, no, I'll say on the Bucks. Bucks over Heat. Yeah. Okay, that's
1: also what I had. we to agree. I know. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I'm trying to not like agree, <laughs> but like, it's it's uh yeah it, it's a right. lot easy yeah. So in the West, we both had Suns Jazz.
1: Um, in the Western Conference Finals. I don't love the jazz pick, um, yeah. but I do love the Suns pick. Now, yeah, yeah, I might. I've been thinking about this one, and I still haven't come to a real decision. Do you have someone that you really favor in that next slot alongside the Suns?
0: Um. Question: Do you know when Chris Paul is supposed to be back, or, or is it he's just he's back here? tonight? Oh wow! Okay, yeah, should be. Last <laughs> okay. I checked then i okay well i i I didn't know it was that soon um so then i will say the suns i was gonna maybe switch the suns pick even um i will say the suns and then uh, for me it's between the warriors and uh the grizzlies wow i think okay i like that i think the grizzlies can do it wow um, but I will say the Warriors for the homer pick. Sorry. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, so S- Suns over Warriors or Warriors over Suns in the Western Conference Final?
0: You know what? Give me Warriors. Give me Warriors going to the Warriors finals. Warriors over Suns. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Yo, it, like if, they, if they're if they able to tag in James Wiseman like halfway through these playoffs, too, <laughs> Come like, on, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> James Wiseman. <laughs> you, see him, you see him playing in the G League? He looks different. He looks different, dude. He, he is looks really different. good. He's yeah. A different. So if he's even half that good, I think we're fine.
1: Oh, man. I'm like, I'm torn between, not that I don't believe in the Grizzlies. I just, it's like an attrition thing. And guys, like young teams in the playoffs usually tend to fizzle out yeah. a little bit. And they are a young team. So I'm torn between two really injury-ridden teams here for the second spot because I have the Suns going to the finals. Like, whoever okay. they play, they're going to beat. <laughs> I'm going to go with Suns beating the Nuggets Whoa. to get into the finals. Okay. Now, All right. this is a hot take, I understand. Okay. Based on their current seating, the Suns uh-huh. and Nuggets wouldn't see each other unless it changed which is a positive for the Nuggets, obviously, because Mm -hmm. they match up pretty well together. Um, What I would say, though, is that the Nuggets could get Jamal Murray back and they could get Michael Porter Jr. back. Neither one of them has been ruled out yet. What I would say is Michael Malone did say that Jamal Murray is nowhere close to being back. But (laughs) I do like their odds here. I don't love the Jazz they have really underwhelmed in the second half, even though they've come back and had some pretty decent games. They just, like, they don't look like it for me. And mm-hmm. I don't trust Gobert in a playoff setting where a team will go small. Like, if they play the Warriors, the Warriors are just going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really trust them. And then I, know, I don't know about the health stuff with the Warriors. Like, I think next year is really the year, the window year for the Warriors, I think, more mm-hmm. than this year. Just because the contracts aren't all up, but all the guys are healthy, hopefully, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they'll have some time for practice under their belt. Like, I think I was reading the other day, the total minutes. Do you know the total minutes that Draymond, Steph, and Clay have shared the court together? 11 minutes. Is it 11? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean,
0: whatever it is, it's like super tiny because, like, the only game they all played together in the last two years was that one game where Steph got hurt. Yeah, it was 11 Um, minutes, I think. 11 or 12,
1: something like that. Um, And so, like, I don't necessarily trust that, I guess. And then the Clippers have two guys that, if they come back, that's the other team I was thinking about because if Kawhi or Paul George comes back, like,
0: (laughs) they're a whole different situation.
1: (laughs) Whole different West. The Grizzlies are young. I feel like I'm missing a couple teams. The Lakers suck. The Trailblazers suck. The Pelicans are like fun, oh, but oh, you got, they what suck. what with the Timberwolves, bro? They're they're going they're going pretty high right don't now. Don't talk to me about the Timberwolves. <laughs> they're the Grizzlies, but they don't win the games that they talk shit in. Like they still lose. Oh Did you gosh. watch their game last night? I I yeah, could talk all day about how much I hate the Timberwolves, but it was it was
0: a mess. It was a mess.
1: They, they were talking I mean, shit they the whole game. Been
0: playing okay, like they've been they haven't been playing bad. They've been playing better than their standards have been.
1: Yes, yes. I yes, will give you right? that. And like they they're a really tough out. Like if they played a couple teams in the first round, it would really suck for them. Like, I'm not gonna lie, if they played the Warriors, I would be a little bit worried for the Warriors because they're really good and yeah. they match up really well against them. Like
0: Yeah. I see. Just
1: because, like, defensively, you're matching up Edwards against Clay Thompson, who's still, like, kind of coming back, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Kavon Looney against Karl-Anthony Towns, which, obviously, you would match Draymond Green on- onto yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Karl-Anthony Towns is, like, the only center I can think of that comes off pin-downs, like, just for threes and stuff, yeah. so... I do and worry Nas about Nas Reed,
0: that. I guess, but not really. <laughs> no,
1: no, not really. I'm not worried about Nas Reed. but they're a problem. But like, I don't want to hear about them making any kind of run. So I yeah. do have Suns over Nuggets. Book it. All
0: right, all right. I see it. I see it. Like the Suns are, they have played insane this year. Like out of their mind. Insane this year, even in games where they don't have you know Chris Ball or they don't have Devin Booker. Insane. But that's why like, that's why I feel like the Grizzlies have like a really good chance. Because like mm-hmm. fifteen and two without John Moran even.
1: Yeah.
0: Crazy. Insane. I would
1: love it. Don't get me wrong. I would love that. They're my favorite team. And I, maybe I'm spoiling fun team pick for the year. But, like, the Grizzlies are the best team to watch on League Pass, if you mm-hmm. have it. Like, that is the team to watch. They're so fun. They're awesome defensively. They don't care who they're playing. They will talk shit, and then they will hit shots in your face, and then they will make fun of you. Like, they will just destroy you. And they yeah. do it every night, and they're so awesome because of that. So I would love them in the finals. Um, it's gonna be tough so, though. So yeah, I have Suns over Nuggets, and and you have Warriors over Suns, which means that in our finals, you have the Bucks and Warriors, and I have the Bucks and Suns. Who oh. do you have, Bucks and Warriors?
0: Oh my god, dude! This is like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I just think Giannis is one of the most unstoppable players in the <laughs> NBA. Yeah, fifty in a closeout. Yeah, and and like also, like, I don't even know how Steph is gonna be when he comes back. So scary. Uh Clay obviously is not consistent. The really the best player in our team right now is Jordan Poole. Like
1: Consistently, yeah.
0: Yeah, consistently, yeah. I mean, it's it's a scary situation. I mean, I think if they make it that far though, (laughs) who knows? Um I already brought him to the final, so I'm gonna say the Bucks are gonna win. Okay. Bucks over Warriors. Yeah, so Bucks over Warriors.
1: I actually also took the Bucks. Oh Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> not to overlap too much. I just I think you like the things that you outlined are exactly the same. And the Suns are exactly the same as they were last year. Like they didn't really do much to address mm-hmm. trying to cover Giannis. And now to counter my own point there there is nothing that can counter Giannis. like he he's the best player in the nba like he just is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he could score 50 on anybody in uh close game in the in the nba finals um and so i think he could again and like i like chris paul but he's hurt again right before the playoffs which yeah. means he could get hurt again, again. in the yep. playoffs and i love point book and Book looks better this year than he's ever looked. He's a better passer. He's a better defender. Like, that is a guy who doesn't take anybody's shit, and he talks it as well. But I just I, I just don't see any way that they can stop Giannis. And, like, Drew and Chris are great complimentary pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooke Lopez is back, and he yeah. looks as healthy as,
0: as he's ever looked, basically. Yeah, man. Um, it's such a well-built team. It's like it's an a, insanely well yeah, built team,
1: so well built, and and then,
0: Budenholzer is the. I mean, like, like you have everything that you need for a championship team on that team.
1: And I'll be the first one to talk down about Mike Budenholzer, just because like he's he's like, I was listening today to a podcast. Uh, I think it was. Shoot, what was it? I think it was like the Chris Vernon show or something. And they were talking about Mike Budenholzer and how he is like the the low-hanging fruit coach where he's just got all this stuff that you could just fix and it's so easy to fix and he just never would. It was like mm-hmm. he doesn't like to play Giannis more than 35 minutes. Just play him. It's game seven of the NBA Finals. Yeah. Just play him 40 minutes. And like, But he never did that sort of stuff. But now he did it and look what happened. He won the chip. I think he's got a chance for it. Bucks over sounds for me, Bucks over Warriors for you. Which brings us to finals MVP. Uh uh
0: let's see. Hmm. Tough one.
1: Uh so I had Giannis. Yeah. Which I'm sticking with one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I mean, guess.
1: <laughs> uh, that one feels like a no-brainer. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, yeah. Drew. Sorry,
0: unless, Pat Cognaton. <laughs> unless Giannis gets a hurt or mm-hmm. something, it's gonna be him. Mm-hmm. Just on narrative, it's going to be him. Yeah. Which, (laughs) you had
1: somebody different. Who did you have again? Who did I have? Donovan Mitchell.
0: Okay, we don't need to talk about that. We don't need to talk about all of that. How, but, well, yeah. we, we both had the jazz going further we than I think it's necessary we to did. consider. Yeah, we thought this was the year, which is justifiable. They look like it, but... Yeah, I mean, I just want them to be good, man. Like, I just want them to be better than they... Then they always end up being... They're such a regular season team, but...
1: They deserve one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, deserve, they deserve a win. They have a
0: participation championship. Yeah. They should get that one. <laughs> yeah. So who do you have
1: as the finals MVP instead?
0: Uh, Giannis, for sure. Giannis? Okay. Yeah. Um, But if the Warriors did pull off an upset, it's probably Steph. I just want him to have a finals MVP, though. That's That's just me.
1: That'd be nice. That'd yeah. be nice. Um, so most fun team of the year. This is a consensus pick, I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's uh Grizzlies.
0: It's the Grizzlies.
1: I want to put in an honorable mention, and I think you okay. should put in an honorable mention of a team that you like to watch as well, maybe on League Pass or whatever. Okay. I think people should start watching the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they're so fun to watch. And everybody just like forgets how good Brandon Ingram is, and he's yeah, gotten yeah. so much better. And they have Herb Jones, who's awesome. Mm -hmm. And they have Jonas Valanciunas, who just, like, randomly, if you piss him off, he'll just put in 25 and 20. Like, he just does that randomly. Um, They're just, like, a young, fun team. They got to see Jim McCollum. Like, how could you not want to watch that team? They're just so fun. Watch them if you haven't already, but... Definitely. How about you? Uh, Hmm. Hmm.
0: have trouble I'm I'm having trouble picking a team. That's well, I mean they're all fun to watch. Like I'm not trying to say like there's no fun team to watch. <laughs> um I mean you kind of you, you mentioned a good team that I was definitely thinking about, uh the Cavs are definitely mm-hmm. a fun team to watch purely because like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and and the and the whole gang are uh, and, and and like it's it's a fun team because like you've like they've had such a horrible last four or five seasons since LeBron left that like it's just nice to see them playing well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll say the Cavs. Yeah, I like them. I okay. like them. And they're League Pass for me, too. So I okay. never see them play if I'm not watching League Pass. <laughs> yeah,
1: 100%. Totally understandable, too. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we chose... I chose the Hornets. You chose the Warriors, Homer. Um, <laughs> 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 Which brings us to the last one. I don't know if you have a hot take offhand. Uh, uh ooh. Mm
0: coming into the playoffs here. Okay, I got one. Mhm. No one wants to say it. No one wants to say it. But if Kyrie's playing all the games this year in the mm-hmm. playoffs, I think the Nets might make it might make it f- at least to like the second round, I think. Okay. I th- and I don't know if that's really a hot take. I mean like it's it's warm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a lukewarm take, take yeah. yeah. Um yeah. it's not cold. Yeah, but... it's not a yeah, it's not like a just like completely justifiable take. It's yeah. like you have to think about it a little bit. Okay. That's one to that's one to sit on. Do you have one? Um I do.
1: My hot take is that the Pelicans will get a top four pick and will make the playoffs this year. Whoa, Now, so hear me out, okay? How does so this the, have to happen? <laughs> so the seating right now would yeah. have the pelicans and the Lakers play in the playing game. Now, the reason that this is particularly notable, it's not just notable because like, oh, the Lakers and pelicans, like whatever the pelicans are playing well, the Lakers suck, so the pelicans will win. whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The reason it's important is because if it's a lotto pick, um that the the Lakers have traded their pick, obviously is is the idea here? Um, And because they've traded their pick, um, it was in the Anthony Davis set of deals, basically, but there Mm -hmm. is a a protection on it that basically if it's a lottery pick, the Pelicans get it. If it's not a lottery pick, the Grizzlies get it. Mm -hmm. And now the reason that this is important is because if those two teams see each other in the play-in, the Pelicans, would, if they lost, would basically be losing their first-round pick for this upcoming year, which would then go to the Grizzlies and would get pushed back a year. But if the Pelicans win... <laughs> Not only do they get to play in the playoffs, but they also get a lottery pick. Wow, That's which is pretty great crazy. because yeah. then that lottery pick could do the the Zion Williamson thing and just become the top pick, and they could just get Chet Holmgren or Paolo Banchero or Jabari Smith Jr. or whoever. Basically,
0: wow. So, yeah,
1: time out for a sec. She's got to open the door. Mm-hmm. You are good? <laughs> What's the time? One o two.
0: All right. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Good call. Pretty crazy. Call. Yes. Pretty crazy, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. That is crazy. Um, yeah, and and like you said, like, uh, good for the Pelicans, man. Like, for yeah, them man. to, I mean, seemingly not have a lot going for them this year, um, and also just this wild Zion Williamson videos that we're just seeing just apropos of nothing like them being like, he's not coming back. And then we see these videos of him doing between the legs, like highlight reel dunks, <laughs> just like, and then Corey Brewers also just like playing against him. Like, it's just like such a surreal, like <laughs> what is Corey a, doing there? I, I think he's an assistant coach or something like that. That's what I think I've heard, but, uh, sure. Yeah. Strange. I don't know. Um, Very strange. good. Yeah. But I'm glad the Pelicans are getting a, are getting a, a chance at, well, I guess, like, if they lose, though, they lose it all, right? Well, so. yeah,
1: so they basically have to really, really, really try to win because if they lose, mm-hmm. not only do they not make the playoffs, but they that first-round pick goes to the Grizzlies instead. So, um, yeah, right. that's not well. ideal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would love to see... Uh... I don't know if I would love it, but I, um, just LeBron getting kicked out in the, in the play-in would be the quite Pelicans. the same. Yikes. Yikes. It'd be Yikes. awesome, too,
1: because it's also like a revenge series between them and Anthony Davis. You're so
0: right. Oh, my God, yeah. Like,
1: imagine them walking off the floor and Brandon Ingram, who got traded for them, just walking off, like, that's all, folks, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Being like, do you want it? Do you want me to come back? <laughs> yeah. I'll <laughs> do
1: one-for-one <laughs> one trade again. Let's, Let's just redo it. this trade, huh? <laughs> yeah. So that would be pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but that does wrap up the segment on our original NBA answers. Yes, sir. Um, which is wild. Like I'm so excited for this last two weeks of basketball, basically before the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any final words on this?
0: Uh, I'm just, yeah, uh, again, I'm also, I'm I'm really excited. I, I, I can't wait for us to be here in June and, uh, for just us to be able to go back to these picks now. Because mm-hmm. that's... A, we should do, like, one, like, every three months or something like that during the season. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, this yeah. is perfect timing. We're about to see uh, all of these picks come true or be thrown out the window. <laughs> so uh, we shall see. Um, but I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode, Caleb. So uh, uh, before we go, any any Lois asks this week off the top of your head? I got nothing. Yeah, me either. Just, uh... Do your research, and you'll be fine. Uh, But uh, that is going to do it for us today at the Lowest Ask podcast. If you want to catch us on Twitter, we are at the Lowest Ask. If you want to find me, my personal is at Threes' Ketchup. And Caleb, what's yours?
1: Mine is at Real Caleb. Let's go.
0: Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, you want to check us out on our website. We are at thelowestask.com. We post articles somewhat weekly um we try to do it as often as possible um and we're hoping to get some new articles coming out to you guys very soon you can also check out all of our podcasts on that episode or you can check us out on Spotify or Apple uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts um I also want to sh- give a huge shout out to Uzuhan for letting us use his song A Breath um featuring Sam Mock. such a good song for our intro and outro we freaking love it um <sighs> yes sir A Breath uh, <laughs> Ah, Breath Um, But that's going to do it for us So uh, whether you are A cool cat or you are uh, An alien friend or you Are a gutter juice clone You are always family here As long as you buy in at the lowest Ask we will see you next time Peace. Peace Let's go that was long. <laughs> it's like a breath, our days are as we